Let me get this right. You are telling me that the Gophers land their second shutout of the season in a Big Ten matchup, had three defensive turnovers, Mo broke the all-time Gophers touchdown record, and fans are still complaining? What is going on here? Hey, you are no locked happens, on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Caden Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube and let me know, am I wrong here? Am I crazy? On the fact that fans are still complaining after a 31 to 0 shutout. Let me know on the comments down below on YouTube and be sure to subscribe. Now, let's let's talk about it, folks. I get I get that people want scoring. Well, we had scoring. I get that people want explosive plays. They want fresh and new schemes. Look at the Vikings. People love what they're seeing from the Vikings when it comes to new innovative game plans, and offensive systems. I get it. Though there's still people complaining about the Vikings and whatnot too. So I digress, but a big 10 win is all that matters. Getting the wins any way possible. Now, yes, if you're holding your breath and you barely eke it out and it's sloppy and all that, I get it. You might be hesitant, but 31 to zero is not eking it out by any means. Yes, I get that it was 14-0 for a majority of the game, but still, that is a two-score lead for a majority of the game in which your defense was still shutting Rutgers down. I, I, I just don't understand how people are freaking out so much, but yes, I get it. There were still kinks in this whole presentation. I think Coach Flex said it best, though, when it comes to the winning and people being upset and here's what he had to say in today's presser we won 31 to nothing um, you know that's the point of the game is to win how we win it's going to be very different from week in week out um, and maybe some people won't like that part but that's okay um, we, we, we've won really close games and maybe we didn't play very well and people loved it uh, but maybe we didn't play so well we played really good and maybe won by a lot but somebody didn't like how we won um, that's a sign of a program going in the right direction and people not liking how we win. Uh, but for the most part, uh, the people that talk to me, uh, you know, you win and you win the way that you, you, you need to win. Uh, and you have a happy locker room. You can, you can approach all those things on Sunday. But we had 10 total possessions. I mean, and you're not going to do things that, that cost you a game, but we had two holding calls that crushed us on drives. And we're moving the football, moving the football, moving the football. But going into the game, we knew we were going to have to run the ball a lot. So I think he's right there. I think he's right. The fact that when people complain about how you win, it shows that your program is going in the right direction. The expectations of your program are going in the right direction. But keep that in mind when people are calling for people's jobs, when people are talking about recruiting not being good or development of players not being good. Not only is that not fully true, but 
you wouldn't have those expectations if we've had the coaches we've had in the past where things were not building correctly. Now they are starting to build and progress and you want more. You want more. It's like it's like candy, a kid on Halloween. You have a piece of candy, you have two pieces of candy. You tell them maybe they only can have five pieces of candy that night, but they want more. They get those five and then they want more. And I get it, Gophers fans. It's great to want more and more success for a program that has, quite frankly, not had the most success over the years as of late. Historically, lots of success. As of late, not so much. So the fact that we're getting back to it is exciting, but don't throw it all away for that. Now, let's talk about this. The Gophers put up 375 yards on a top 20 ranked defense. Coach Flex says it's a top 10 ranked defense. There's portions where it is. Maybe let's just, let's split the difference. Top 15 defense in the nation with Rutgers. You put up 375 yards. Only one other team they played this entire season had more than that, and that was Ohio State, who is seen as one of the best teams, if not the best team in the entire country, not just the Big Ten, the country. And then you have Boston College in the ACC and Nebraska, who put up 312 and 304. Those are the only teams that have had over 300 all-purpose yards against Rutgers. And the two of those were just barely above. Minnesota was more towards almost 400 total yards. Everyone else was well under 300 that Rutgers has played. Now, the Gophers also scored the second most points on Rutgers, only behind Ohio State. In fact, Ohio State and Minnesota were the only two schools to crack 30 or more points on this Rutgers defense. Six of the Gophers' drives in this past week were four minutes and 45 seconds or longer, with 10 total drives in the entire game. Now, four total drives in the first half for the Gophers. The Gophers stayed on the field and they dominated the clock. Like I said, six drives of four minutes and 45 seconds or longer. Now on the reverse side of this, Rutgers only had one drive of three minutes and 30 seconds and or longer. And that was the first drive of the game. Now you might be asking Kane, why are you so obsessed with drive times? Like, why does that matter? Well, it's not only does our offense controlling the ball and moving it up the field help the defense keep their wins, stay energy or stay have energy, not be gassed out for the whole game. But I was talking with friend of the show, Daniel House, one of the best gopher followers out there. If you don't already, definitely be sure to do that. Prior to the game, we were having some chats, we were having some talks, and he really got me thinking. Not only does it give the defense time to catch their breath, but Joe Rossi is one of the best defensive coordinators out there when it comes to making adjustments. But if your offense is only out there for a three and out or for two minutes or less with the clock, you're not having the time to look at what the offense, the opponent's offense just gave you in that previous drive to make adjustments and throw something different at them in the next series to try and get your defense off the field quicker once again. So you, not only are you getting winded because your defense is constantly out there, but you don't have the time to make the adjustments on the fly. Now, Coach Fleck talked about that in his press conference after the game, talking about what you hear in those headsets, what he hears in those headsets from Joe Rossi in the defense. There's a whole lot of chatter when they have the time to process and when they have the time to be out there on the field. And 
quite frankly, in this three-game losing streak prior to the Rutgers game, it is something that we did not see from the Gophers because the offense wasn't on the field long enough. In the Penn State game, the Gophers only had one out of their 13 drives. That was over three and a half minutes. One drive out of 13. And that drive was their long touchdown drive in the fourth quarter. Okay, let's go back a game further. In Illinois, Minnesota only had two out of 10 drives. That was over three and a half minutes. In the Purdue game, Minnesota had two out of 13 drives. That was over three and a half minutes. You see what's you see the, the thing here? You see it consistently showing up that we weren't getting those and our defense wasn't getting off the field and we had more issues and the defense didn't look as characteristic as we had seen previously. Well, then let's talk about those first four games. New Mexico State game, six out of the eight drives, the Gophers had three and a half or more on offense, like drives of three and a half minutes or more, six out of eight drives. uh, Western Illinois, five out of the 13 drives. Colorado, five out of the 10 drives. Michigan State, five out of the nine drives. You see when the Gophers can get multiple drives that are longer than three and a half minutes that are more towards the almost five minutes or longer, the defense is able to scheme. They're able to adjust and they're able to hopefully get off the field even quicker throughout the game. Now it doesn't mean the next drive is going to be a perfect one. If you give them a long one, but it allows the team to make adjustments to help get the defense off the field faster and get it back into the offense's hands. So having the time to adjust throughout the game without the team being absolutely gassed allows the defense to create more issues for the offense and get off the field quicker. Now, we're going to move over to Rutgers itself. What happened in this game? What went right and what went wrong? There were some good amount of things that went right, but there were a couple things that went wrong that need to change if the Gophers have any hope of winning when it comes to these next few games in Nebraska and some of the rivalry games to end the season absolutely need to get fixed to win those games. We're going to talk about what those are coming up next. First, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is bringing you more lines, more props, and more odds than ever before. Bet Online is where you can find the latest trends in action when it comes to all of your sports betting needs. In fact, the Gophers have opened up as favorites on the road going to Nebraska, 14 and a half point favorites, a similar if not the exact same as what we saw with Rutgers, but will we see the exact same result? Well, Gophers fans, we're sure hoping so, but we have to talk about the keys later this week and also envelop what happened this week, what went right and what went wrong so we can approach this game heading into Lincoln the best that we can. But for more odds and more props and anything you need when it comes to sports betting, you need to check out Bet Online where the game starts. All right, Gophers fans, thank you for making Lockdown Golden Gophers one of your first listen when it comes to Gophers daily sports. Now, basketball season is getting ready to kick off, and I will be covering the the exhibition match for the men's team this week, as well as the double header with the men's and women's team next week on Monday. So definitely be tuned in and hit subscribe on YouTube for Gophers basketball coverage, but we also will be going hard on the football season for the rest of the season. And as football comes out close, we'll get more and more enveloped in the hockey teams as well. So share it, tell a friend, let people know about locked on golden Gophers so we can get this thing on and popping. Now, 
let's talk about what went right and what went wrong for the Gophers in this Rutgers game. We're going to start off with what went wrong. You got to get the negative out there, clear it up with a little positive and end on a happy note. Now, what went wrong? The first is the pressure has to be better. It has to be better. It was better this game, but it's still not good enough. Now, nine pressures over uh, about 30% of a pressure rate. It's better. It's better, but it's not getting there enough. Now, we had seven hurries and two sacks. Now, I believe it was two half sacks, which equals one sack, but... The pressure got there at least, we got home at least once. Now, it's definitely improved, but watching the game, it didn't feel as though it was super effective or it made a huge difference. It made a slight difference. I'm not going to take anything away from them, but we need it to be more consistent and more heavy. You need to have the quarterback panicked on the fritz, closing pocket, and Coach Fleck talked about creating a smaller pocket was a big focus of theirs since we aren't able to get home and cause the chaos as much as what we want. So a goal was shrinking the pocket and making it smaller, which I do believe they did effectively. But again, we need more consistency. Now, Ja Joyner, he has been the best when it has come to bringing pressures over these last few weeks. But again, he only had 19 snaps this week, according to PFF. Now, I'm not sure if those are fully spot on quite yet. I know they always are tweaking, rewatching, and adjusting to make sure that they have the most accurate data, but right now they have them in for 19 snaps. And I'll be really curious to see if he gets more time and more opportunity as we move forward, because he seems to be the guy creating the most chaos. So why wouldn't you get him on the field more? Now, He's also the second highest graded defender this week versus Rutgers to play 15 snaps or more. In fact, he's the only player. He was the second player only behind Tyler Newbin, who has been absolutely ballistic these last few weeks. So he needs more time. He needs more time on the field and hopefully him getting more time will help us create more pressure, which we're going to need in the Wisconsin and Iowa games. And Quite frankly, we, we're going to need it in this Nebraska game too. Nebraska struggles with pressure. They struggle with pressure and the Gophers don't bring it. So if we don't bring it, Nebraska might have more opportunity to get the looks that they want. Now, moving to point number two of where we went wrong, drops. Drops. Only credited with two drops in this game, but honestly, that that can't be true. Um, so PFF, like I said, still adjusting their their fine-tuning on what actually happened in this game. There had to be more than two drops. If I had to guess, I would have said there were four or five drops. In PJ's presser, he talked about that they had four drops. So we're going to run with four right now. Now, Brev had a really bad one. It was a walk-in touchdown, and you can't drop those. You have to have them. And you know Brev's my guy. You know we have Tristan on the show all the time, but Tristan will tell you straight up too. You got to come down with that one. You got to walk it in and get that touchdown. The well-earned touchdown. Can't have that drop. Daniel Jackson also had a pretty brutal drop in this one. Now, if we're if we're taking shots down the field or passing opportunities in a very limited fashion, then you have to come down with the easy ones. You cannot drop the easy ones. That's the big stress here. Now, four out of 21 pass attempts, 21 pass attempts, and we had four drops. That's a 20% drop rate. That is unacceptable you cannot do that especially with a team that already doesn't pass the ball enough so the gophers have to clean up the drops heading in to lincoln 
Now, point number three of where we went wrong in this game was the offensive line is still not showing that great. Now, PFF snaps are definitely off here because they said Nathan Bow only had one snap, and that's just not true. Chuck Filiaga got replaced by Nathan Bow some point in this game and took uh, basically the rest of the snaps at the right guard position. Now, he didn't do much better, if you ask me, but... Again, it shows you that PFF and other systems are always still tweaking and adjusting even after the weekend. Usually the numbers are pretty good because they've had multiple eyes on it once you hit about Tuesday or Wednesday in the week. Now, the right side of the line has been the problem this year, and it's not just Chuck Filiaga, it's also Quinn Carroll. In fact, I think Quinn Carroll presents more problems than Chuck Filiaga, and I'm not the only one. I know Ryan Burns, I can tell you he feels the same way. Uh, Daniel House. It seems like he's of the same vein. If you're watching these games, you just see Quinn Carroll. There's just some moments, folks, where he's really just absolutely getting blown by, getting dusted, and it can't happen. It's turning plays that could go from three to eight yard gains into two yard gains or negative plays. It can't happen. It's turning the pass pressure. It's making the quarterback more frantic when it comes to him letting someone off the edge, and we just can't play like that. The run block grades were in the 50s when it came to Carroll and Filiaga, but when you look at the past game grades, Ariante Ursary and Chuck Filiaga were in the 30s. 30s! This is what you do. You block. You got to clean it up, folks. We have to, have to do better. Especially Ariante Ursary. You're one of the most talented tackle that pj fleck has had in his time here he said it he's giving you those props now it's time to show out and do it so we got to clean it up we have to have better communication communication have to have more ben have to stay home have to can't let the pressure continue to murder this passing game and take away what the gophers are trying to develop with the offense if the o-line doesn't fix these issues with pressure, then the offense is going to continue to look boring to fans and predictable, although the fans seem to have huge problems with that. They don't like the chunking down the field. They don't like the just running, running, running. Well, first of all, the coaches don't care if you like it. If it works, we're going to do it. So just take that for what it is. But if the O-line can't protect and hold against the pressure longer than what they have in these last three, four games, then we're not going to be able to have explosive plays because we don't have burners to get out down the field quick enough. Now, Michael Brown Stevens is one of the players that has done that role in the past, but he's had some confidence issues. He's had some struggles. He's had a lot of the interceptions that have come his way have come from Michael Brown Stevens. So in fact, let's, we're going to hear from P.J. Fleck on the vertical passing game in a little bit here, but those are the three main issues of where we went wrong in this game. Now to flip it on the other side, where we went right, we had shorter route concepts that helped set us up for success in the earlier downs. It allowed a clean offense. There weren't a ton of penalties. There were a couple still, and it set us behind on a couple drives that looked promising, but overall, it allowed us to dominate the time of possession, and it allowed the Gophers to be in second and sevens or second and fives as opposed to second and tens, second and twelves, and third and twos as opposed to third and sevens. Those make a huge difference when it comes to the success, especially of this offense that isn't hitting the bigger passing 
looks. So you got to chunk it. You got to get positive yardage plays on the early downs. And we saw that in this game, which was a nice change. Now, point number two of what went right in this game, man, mama, there goes that man, Mo. He was who we know him to be, consistent, a beast, a leader, someone you love to root for. And from breaking the touchdown record all time for the Gophers to eating some gushers on the sidelines, Mo was out there. He's a dog. And I love to see the success that he's continuing to have returning from this injury and do not expect it to stop. Mo is going to be a feature in these final four games. Now, the third and final point of where we went right is the defense got its groove back. We're flying to the ball. There's confidence. There's swagger, turnovers, dancing. There's dancing, folks. If you didn't see it, you're missing out. But you give the defense time to adjust, like we talked about in the first segment of the show, and give them time to breathe, and good things happen. 134 total yards for Rutgers, 2.8 yards per carry on the ground, 38% completion rate through the air. The defense, they held it down. They held it down. Three turnovers. Two sacks, slightly better pressure. It was a welcome sight, and it will be something we need to continue to do to walk away with wins in the rivalry games. Now, I know the passing game is a cause for concern for a lot of fans out there. It's probably the only reason people are complaining when it came to this blowout. But we're going to dive into where the issues lie in this passing game. Is it Tanner? Is it Tanner to blame for this? Would Ethan fix the issues at hand? That's coming up next. All right, Gophers fans, let's talk about the passing game. Now, before we discuss the quarterbacks themselves, I want you to hear something pertinent from Coach Fleck in today's pass presser about the vertical passing game that was brought up by Ryan Burns today, and it's something that I think everybody needs to hear. To evaluate the vertical passing game right now? Uh, there's not a lot of it. What do you think that is? Uh, well, again, I, you go back to what you, you have to be able to do. You have to know what it's going to be able to take certain, what it's going to take for things to win games. We have thrown the ball vertically, and that's where we've thrown some of our interceptions over the last few games. Okay, so the two games that we lost uh, that I feel like was because of a vertical passing game, that can maybe make you hesitant to be able to do that again because, again, you're not doing something to not lose a game. But – knowing what can cost you a game is part of winning a game, right? So you, like when we're, you know, I know that even before the half, we call timeouts, we're going to, we're going to go attack. Well, if we catch the punt, it's different. The punt rolls 25 yards, goes back, back, back. Now we're backed up at the minus 20 with no timeouts. I've also been in that situation before. We're up 14, nothing or something like that. Sack, fumble, pickup, 14, seven, very different story than getting the ball in the second half. You're going to evaluate things as they continue to come. You're going to have a plan, but then that plan can change immediately. We've put ourselves in really bad positions over what the data shows and the proof shows when we have gone down the field vertically, that's when we've actually thrown our most interceptions right now. So uh, we've got to evaluate that. We've got to uh, create it formationally better to be able to do it, put guys in a position where maybe that doesn't happen as much. Um, you know, I mean, Tanner was 14 of 21. We have four drops in the game. I mean, that's 18 of 21. That's very similar performance to the Michigan State game, which I thought he played really well. Now, all the blame and credit goes on quarterbacks and things like that, and I get that, but we had four drops, and I don't think we're that hard 
um, that puts you in a position like, all right, that can, that, that can cost you. And so there's things that your team shows you that we're getting better at, that we're not getting better at, that we have to improve at, that what can cost us, what do we have to get better at, when can we trust it again, what do we have to do to show we can trust it. As you keep going through the season, that's what you keep working on. So I agree with you that the answer is not just that. Uh, when we do it, we have to execute it. And if we haven't executed it, what has that done to cost us a game? And has it cost us a game? And I felt at times the head coach it has. Um, but again, you, you know, you do what you have to do and you're making those calls within the game based on how the game is going. So I, I agree with Coach Fleck on this one. I agree that if the vertical passing game has caused the most problems and put us in the situations to not be able to be con contention, in contention for a win, competitive for a win, if they've caused the errors that take us out of the games quicker, then yeah, it might not be something that you continually go to until you can feel confident as a staff calling for it and adjustments being made for it. But those aren't happening right now. So if the short game, if the intermediate game, and if the run game are working, why? Why would you put yourself in the position to potentially turn it over in the vertical passing game if it hasn't been there? Now, you want to find ways in these practices to hopefully let it become something that can develop and maybe catch teams off guard in the last couple of games. But right now, if you can't trust it, don't force it. I'm, I'm with you on that one. I am with you. Now, Tanner Morgan looked pretty good in this game, 14 for 21, 67% completion percentage, 122 yards, which isn't anything to brag about, but he was clean. He played clean. And again, they had four drops. So if they, if they don't drop the ball, if you come away with a couple of those, you're looking at a completion percentage of about the higher 70s or lower 80s in completions. Now, he did what the team needed to win handily, and that's what we saw in the first four games and this week. That's why I'm not really complaining about it because this is what we expected from the team and what we saw from the team early on. You're not Tanner's not a quarterback that's going to go put up 300-plus yards every game. He's not. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure he either has one game or no games with 300 this year. Not sure if he had any last year. He's just not a guy that you're going to ask to go put up 300 yards. But if he can be efficient, if he can have a high completion percentage and keep the defense on their toes when it comes to passing, so that way we can continue to open up the run game, then you're going to do that. That's exactly what he has done for this offense and what he's built for. So Ethan might generate more excitement. I'm with you there. He, he might have more upside. Absolutely. And preferably, I'd like to get him some more live looks this week. Now, I'm not a coach, so it doesn't matter. But I would love for him to get more live le live looks in preparation for the difficult 23 schedule that we're going to see. Now, I love the maturity that was shown from the young quarterback in Ethan, and we're all excited to see him in the future. But you might not agree with the coaches. I might not fully agree with what the coaches are doing. But we can acknowledge and be thankful for what Tanner Morgan has done for this program. And if he continues to secure wins and we need to continue to enjoy them and embrace this final ride along the way. But if the season becomes lost, if we lose any of these games that we really should not be losing, then there's no reason or excuse to not get the young guy, the reps. That's kind of where I stand on this right now. Let me know your thoughts down below. Let me know if I'm way in the wrong it absolutely needs to change or what you're thinking when it comes to Tanner Morgan and Ethan Kaliak Manis down in the comments. 
That is going to do it for today on today's Lockdown Golden Gophers. Later this week, we're talking to Zaquan Bryan again. We're going to talk about some basketball. We're going to prep the keys for the game in Lincoln, Nebraska, and much more. So be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Follow along wherever you get your podcasts at Lockdown Golden Gophers. And that is going to do it for us. Row the boat. Sky Yuma. Go Gophers.